0: Open Threads. It's my podcast. I'm Brian Castle. Welcome to it. Back on the show today is my friend Nathan Powell. So we're going to pick off right where we left off in my last conversation with Nathan. He had told us about how he essentially quit the internet for a couple of years there after successfully building and then exiting, having his co-founder buy him out from a successful SaaS app. And then he took a whole bunch of time off and now he's back. Hey, here's my real-time-ish update for you, and I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. (laughs) You may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website it was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my... So as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients mainly on UI and UX work. And uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies. And I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the, uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on. And uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp- improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. <laughs> He's back in the in the SaaS game, he's exploring new ideas and he's got one that, that seems to have legs. Nathan himself is a UX designer and he's got something really interesting for product managers who are dealing with design files and presenting them to teams and customers and stakeholders and all that. So really interesting idea. And I love conversations like this where we get to really hash out something while the entrepreneur, Nathan in this case, is in the early idea stage. He's just talking to customers, we talked about that. We talked about how he's prototyping and how he identified a pain and, you know, getting those very first customers. So, yeah, really interesting, a kind of exciting conversation. I love capturing the moment, you know, just when, when an idea is just coming together. So a really, really cool episode here of Open Threads. For now, let's hear about what Nathan's working on. Episode two here with, with Nathan Powell. Nathan, good to have you back on.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Great to be here still.
0: All right. So we were talking in the last episode about how you, you left NUSI, the SaaS that you started and you know did really well with for a number of years there and then exited. You took like a two-year plus hiatus from the internet as a whole. And you seem to resurface in my radar sometime, I think, in 2020 or 2021, yeah, you, you re-entered Twitter, but but you started to explore new product ideas. It looks like new SaaS ideas. So.
1: Yeah, I realized that the money was running out from, <laughs> from the exit. When I say exit, it sounds very grand. You know, it wasn't that grand, obviously. But yeah, so you realize things are coming to, coming to an end, really. And like, what am I going to do? And so I tried to get back into consulting a bit. And obviously, I'm still consulting. UX design and... I tried to get into several businesses, yeah, over the last, from 20, so basically when you said I reappeared, that was because I was trying to bring new things together.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it's been working, like you you have made several really good connections, you know? Uh,
1: It's working, it's working, I don't know. Well,
0: my question is like, okay, so you, you, first you make the decision to like re-enter the the web industry, or like the digital product, whatever you want to call our industry. Um, <laughs> did you know that you eventually wanted to make your way back to let's say a software product or did you think like maybe you just want to do consulting for a while more seriously or something else? Like before you got into product ideas specifically, like was a product actually a thing?
1: I, yeah, I knew I wanted to get back to SaaS because let's face it, SaaS is sweet. It's hard. You know, if you heard in the previous episode, it is hard because if you get to that plateau and you can't get past it, then what do you do? But at the same time, there is just something beautiful about SaaS because once you get it working, once it's going, you have a solid business for potentially many years. So I, I knew that
0: I wanted to go back to that. It's really cool because it's like it's so hard to both start and get early customers and to grow and sustain. It's like and it's almost like why do we kill ourselves on, on trying to build a SaaS? <laughs> it's so damn hard. But it is also like so great and incredibly valuable, uh, you know, and if, if, if it works, right? And it's and it's actually fun. I find that the challenge is really fun to work on, you know?
1: Well, and I think especially at the beginning because those challenges are incredibly fun because you're, you're still hugely passionate about the idea and about, you know, the, the potential solution that you're bringing to your customers. So mm-hmm. I did not, I definitely did want to get back to SaaS, but for some reason it just seemed far off. I thought, it's okay, I've still got time. So what I'll do is I'll try and get some kind of design service-based businesses together, you know? And I mm-hmm. did actually in the last couple of years, and I think that was pretty much when I resurfaced, I tried to build service businesses around design. And as you probably remember, like three years ago, there was like an explosion of-
0: Yeah, like design services.
1: Or you can hit design services. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll niche down on one of those, you know. And so I, I, I did try and niche down on uh, and working with businesses that were trying to do good things in the world, you know, people who were trying to do working with the environment, things like that. And I just couldn't get any of them to kick off. I tried one with YouTube. I tried one with, you know, video editing. I tried one with design. And I just came to the conclusion that I suck at service products. So I don't know what about those products, you know, it doesn't work for me, but something about me doesn't allow me to work within the confines of the, the service. So I just realized I've got to get back to SaaS, I've got to get back to product. You know, I think I'm pretty good at it. You know, even when I haven't been working on my own products, I've been working, UX on client SaaS. So I thought I've got to get back to it. And um thankfully I'm nearly there.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about that. I mean, okay. So you you are being kind of public about feature flux, right? Like we, we could talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've jumped on the building public hashtag.
0: <laughs> I, I wanna dig into this idea, feature that you're just getting off the ground. But before we even get into that, like were there other SaaS ideas that you started to explore? Like, take us through like the exploration process for you.
1: This is essentially, obviously, how it stands now has already changed mm-hmm. considerably over the over the final months. But, it, funnily enough, it only really came from one prior idea. You know, uh, instead of going through a hundred ideas, it was. Mm-hmm. So I so I, I work exclusively in UX design now. I haven't touched. UI for for years thankfully. Uh, I've realized my strong side was UX and that's where I'm happiest. So I was talking to a, a product manager friend and I'm a big fan of Balsamic just because it's so quick and so simple and you're never going to mistake it for anything else other than what it is. It's a wireframe, that's it.
0: Yeah, it's such a great product over the years and it's it's great because of its constraints, you know.
1: I think I'm probably faster in Balsamic than in pen pen and paper. So Mm -hmm. as soon as I want to get anything down, I go straight into Balsamic. And I think, I don't know, I'm sure Pelny would disagree with me because I have no idea what the numbers are. I get the impression that there's not that much love anymore in in the younger, shall I say, UX designers. I feel they all tend to drift towards Figma and like nothing exciting has happened there recently. Or, you know, these are the huge products, you know, maybe XT and stuff. But I mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. It's my go-to tour. But incidentally, as you said, those limitations, they do frustrate me every now and again because I work in it quite a lot. In fact, I'm probably in balsamic more than I'm in mean, Figma. Mm-hmm. So those limitations will begin to frustrate me. And I was talking to this product manager and I said, Well, what about something that was similar but that was like had these things that annoy me, you know? And he was like, well, that sounds sounds kind of nuts to me, you know, building wireframe software. (laughs) And he just got talking about part of the process because obviously I work with different areas of product teams now, being being exclusively UX. And one thing that came up was there seems to be a gap, something that exists for developers doesn't seem to exist for designers, and that's kind of version control and gathering feedback, both internally and from non-technical people outside (laughs) of the product team.
0: It's so true, version control. I mean, version control in dev for me is Git and GitHub. And
1: everyone accepts that.
0: Yeah, we have, we have branches. We can merge back in. We, I can collaborate with all my developers. But version control in my all of my design work is a thousand folders, one named like v1, then v2, <laughs> then v2 final, then v2 final for real this time. And then yeah, like yeah, v2 yeah. like, oh my God, it's, 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 it's a total mess. It's crazy, and the
1: strange thing is, and the thing that, you know, I started digging into this, and the thing that scared me most about this space was that this doesn't exist. This product, there's nothing that exists that takes care of this specific product, this specific problem. There are pieces of software that skate around the edges, like something like Zeppelin, for example, could be taken, again, from the developer's perspective, which is bringing in design files from Figma and then letting developers take all their measurements and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing against from the design, the, you know, marketing and sales teams in all the research I've done, believe me, I've done considerable amounts of research mm-hmm. the last few months, sales and marketing teams don't want to be digging into Figma presentations and giving comments. They're not happy in that technical space. If it's an internal thing, you know, where it is just the product team, then Figma is great. Like let's share and let's talk and let's discuss. Um, but there are other aspects of the eternal question is within the product team, so, so is this the final, so is so is this where we are now? Is this the one we're working off? And as you know, it's like in Figma, there's no, there's no way to actually. Lock something off. I mean, you, okay. You could lock a, you know, you could lock a, a set of screens or something, but there's no, there's nothing that exists to say within the entire product team, not just the designers files. Okay, yeah. team, this is where we are. This is the final now. Why does not this exist? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just personally starting to see the use cases for what you're building with feature flux, because like all of my design work has been completely solo, right? Like even though I have a team of developers and marketing people, like most of that stuff, we're already in the browser when we're collaborating in, in code. So any kind of design work that I ever do is is mostly just for myself, just to give myself like either a rough wireframe, a rough creative direction on on how this interface is going to come together and then pretty quickly I'll I'll jump into code and start <laughs> designing in the browser. And so like my use of Figma and Balsamic is like really really basic. Just like I it doesn't have to be pretty cuz I'm not going to show it to anyone except for myself. It's just for my, you know, so I don't I don't do all the fancy like components and like interactive mm-hmm. mock-ups or anything like that like i just don't need to i it's faster for me to just go straight into code right yeah but i start to see some of the other use cases like for myself right now i'm actually designing a, a bunch of new features in zip message that normally at this point i would i would already move into code and and hashing out issues with the, the developers but now i have a couple of really big new features that I need to show to our customer base, like like select customers to get their feedback on it before we start building. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I actually am creating more detailed mock-ups in Figma than I normally would, just for the fact that they need to be presentable so that I could explain what we're going to be building. And And like that, that's one. And then I could see like other teams, you know, have other stakeholders, like showing design files, not just to the developers, but to like you said, like the marketing and salespeople, potential prospects and things like that. And then I was talking to my friend, Rich Stats, who runs Secret Stash, which is a development agency. They are a WordPress development shop and they work with design agencies.
1: I think that's where the secret sauce is going to be is with development agencies and
0: design agencies. Yeah. He was totally telling me like design agencies who deal with clients, like they have to create super slick mock-ups and presentations before it goes into development. Like yeah. less less because they need to hand off to developers, more because they need to present it to the client and say like this is what we're going to build. Are we on the same page, right?
1: Yeah. And there are workarounds, obviously, because product teams are doing workarounds now, every single one of them. But
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: but even software that tries to tackle the problem like sort of Envision and Miro and all that stuff. They've all become whiteboard software. So anything you input into the system is you just dump a bunch of screens onto one large whiteboard and then you, you go from there. But as you know, if we, you design software screen by screen, like an interaction takes place screen by screen, which is why I'm going in that direction. You know, I don't want to see a white ball with thir- I don't want to see Figma. You know, yeah. I don't want to see a whiteboard with 30 screens. I want to see screen by
0: screen. It almost like shouldn't be completely interactive where anyone can dive in and slide the canvas around. It's like, yeah, screen by screen, because to me, it's also about like screen by screen to guide my verbal presentation, right? Like first, let me show you this and here's what we're looking at. Okay. Now I showed you that. Now let's move on to screen. Number two completely here. Here are the key points to know about screen. Number two, let's get your feedback. Now we move on like for the other person, whether it's a client or uh, a stakeholder or a customer you're trying to get feedback from, it's not a functional app yet. You're not asking them to use it. You just want them to look at it and Mm -hmm. tell me what you think, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And then being able to create the versions based off of that and then close that design and say, yep, the feedback we got, that's it. That's done, that's dusted. And then that's kept as a record then, you know? Because you can, working with versioning, you can say, okay, that's the final version. Or we can go back to previous versions and say, why did we make that decision? Documentation in product teams is huge, you know, yeah. and it's a pain in the ass for everyone. Like I said, it had worried me that nothing like this exists, but I'm getting more and more feedback. So I have a prototype out now that I'm testing with product managers and the feedback I'm getting is great.
0: Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by Instrumental Products. That's my product studio, where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full-stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of Instrumental Products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So what, what are your next steps? Like, So we have this idea. You see there's sort of like an opportunity in the market. At least you think there is. So where do you go from there? Like what kind of research and prototyping? And yeah, that's... so
1: I've been talking to as many product managers as I can in the last few months. And the last week or so, and then this coming week as well, hopefully this will be the final week, where I am doing customer development, at least for this initial stage, uh, I'll be testing this prototype that I put together based off of all the feedback.
0: You know, a lot of people don't do this really well. So like, how did you go about finding product managers and how did you reach out to them?
1: I'm I'm being far more cautious than I ever was with Lucy. Like wow. I said, I think in the previous episode, everyone I interviewed told me they would never use Lucy and I did it anyway. It mm-hmm. is not the case with this, with Feature Flux. <laughs> I have been looking at this for months but the way i uh, the way i found product managers initially was the few i knew i reached out to personally but then outside of that i went into facebook groups of product managers and i was i started placing polls because it was the lowest point of resistance you know i didn't have to introduce myself or anything i didn't have to you know again again the shyness or whatever so i just created polls and i was asking if product managers had a design background or not that was one poll i think that got over 110 responses
0: well, that's a really interesting idea i never thought of that
1: Yeah, well, then you see all the people who have responded because you created the poll. So then I went and contacted all of those people. Say, I say, hey, I see you don't have a design background, blah blah blah. And I would do that again on LinkedIn. And then of course LinkedIn is easier in that response in that respect because then you can then reach out to everyone they know.
0: And then just just the fact that there are (coughs) Facebook groups where product managers hang out, and same thing on LinkedIn, like like that's a good sign in itself. They are, these places.
1: yeah. They are huge communities. Product managers, and they're very vocal. They're mm-hmm. very passionate. They are.
0: It's uh, easy to reach them online. They're easy to reach.
1: To, yeah. So you only have to go into LinkedIn or the Facebook, and they're incredibly passionate. They really are. In fact, I think it's probably one of the most passionate group of professionals that I found, even more so than designers. So, mm-hmm. so that was how I initially got in touch and just started reaching out to people and said, you know, I'm. I'm thinking that something might be a little bit broken in the in the product design process, and
0: and then you started talking to them, like you had some calls.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I initially just asked questions via text. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing about not wanting to annoy people, not wanting to bother, and the more I spoke to a few people, the more I saw there was a bit more of a, a sort of you know we've got on and stuff. So I just said to people, well, you know, would you be up to jumping on a call? And and that was it. And from there, I was able to. Get all the questions out of the way. I mean, a big help, a huge help was um, Deploy Empathy by Michelle yeah, uh, Michelle, Michelle Hansen. Hansen. Yep. That was a huge Fantastic. help for me yep. because I think I would have missed a lot of things. And in fact, I read it quite late in the process. And I'm glad I did because essentially, I have, oh, if you're watching the video, you can see this, but I have my questions listed oh, after yeah. the interviews and they all come directly from Michelle
0: so anyway, like, where are you now with like feature flux? Like, you said that you're doing a prototype. Like, are you working with a developer, or what? What does that look like? No,
1: nope. the prototype is literally just a clickable prototype at the moment. And now, I think, literally just this week, I've decided that yeah, I'm gonna. I want this to go ahead, and I want to try and get something coded up <clears throat> that I can get in front of people and, and see if there is really interest. You know, you'll you'll never really really know until you have that piece of code out there
0: that's so true you know i i have i've done a ton of like pre-selling and interviews and stuff but nothing beats actually getting the product in front of them
1: yeah, yeah. completely and that's what's been so scary about the whole thing because i know i have to go to this final stage to see yeah, whether, totally. <laughs> to see whether it's all going to be worth it
0: well we will get everything uh, linked up in the show notes nathan this was awesome connecting yeah, well, with you again we'll have to get you back on here to give us the update but i gotta run all right definitely
1: one <laughs> cheers man all right be soon
0: That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X. I'm at Cast Jam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash Open Threads. One more thing. I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one.